Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Every year, these numbers get larger. Every year, we lose more and more of our trans siblings to violence generally and to gun violence most specifically. More than half of the violence that kills trans members of our communities come from guns. The average life expectancy of a trans person in this country at this time is only 35 years old. And a large part of that is because of the violence that is continually perpetrated against them by weak-minded individuals who exercise their weakness by taking their anger at their life and their life choices out on anyone that they classify as other. Trans people remain the most marginalized people in this country. Trans people of color are especially the most marginalized people in our society. And those of us who are not trans need to stand up and stand with our trans siblings to keep them from facing more violence. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Gun show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I am your host, Ty Kersley. Thank you for listening and supporting our show. We just heard Jay Walker from Gag at an action in front of the Stonewall Inn in New York City. That was on November 20th, which is the Transgender Day of Remembrance. We will discuss that action with Michael Sylvan Robinson, work with our Human Beings Facebook page. GAG's Human Beings, or HBs, are silent anti-gun violence protesters. They are veiled, dressed in all white, and they take up the space as someone who's lost their life to gun violence. One of those lives we will honor now with the In Memoriam. In Memoriam, Asia Jaine Foster, 22 years old, died 11-20-2020 in Houston, Texas. On Transgender Day of Remembrance itself, yet another transgender woman was murdered. Asia Foster, a black transgender woman from Houston, Texas, worked as a cashier at Krispy Kreme and also made additional income by styling locks and braiding, according to her Facebook page. Foster's body was found on the side of a local road, inflicted with multiple gunshot wounds. Asia was outgoing funny and she could put together a reed that left everyone around her scrambling to pick up their jaws, said Montrose Grace Place, an LGBTQ affirming shelter for homeless youth in Houston. A candlelight vigil for Foster was held where family and friends shared that Foster had turned her life around, was excelling professionally and personally, and was a beacon of light in their community. Asia Jaine Foster is believed to be the 38 transgender person known to have died by violence in the U.S. this year.
In gun violence prevention news, I actually have a press release from the Queens District Attorney, Melinda Katz. Uh, they are hosting a gun buyback event. This will be Saturday, December 5th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And it is at Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church in Long Island City, New York. Some of the frequently asked questions would be, well, how do you bring a gun? Um, please put it in a bag or a shoebox. If it's being transported in a car, it would be in the trunk. Um, there'll be officers there to determine if it's an operable weapon. And then you would get a uh, gift card up to $200. You can surrender multiple kinds of guns, rifles, shotguns, uh, would get you a $25 cash card along with an air pistol or a BB gun. Uh, you can surrender as many guns as you wish, but you would only be paid up to three guns. Obviously, weapons from gun dealers and active or retired law enforcement um, aren't eligible. If you do know someone who needs cash and not their gun, you can also call 311 for more information regarding the program. I spoke earlier with fellow gagger Michael Sylvan Robinson about the Trans Save Remembrance Action and honoring all victims of gun violence. Hi, Sylvan. How are you doing? Good. It's good to be with you. All right. Great. Um, I wanted to talk to you specifically because this is um, an opportunity for you to explain from your perspective uh, what the Trans Day of Remembrance Action was like and its purpose. So uh, on the Transgender Day of Remembrance, we represented 24 transgender victims, primarily transgender women, although there were this year a number of trans men also killed. So out of the 34, 24 of those people were killed by guns. And I think that's one of the reasons why th this representation and this work is so important for GAG, right? 34 transgender victims in the United States over the course of 2020 so far, and 24 of those murdered by guns. Um, it was really important to show up and to, to be present. So we started in Sheridan Square, and then we walked, processed over to Washington Square to join a very large rally uh, of all kinds of wonderful organizations joining together in a, in a much bigger way. Uh, and that was um, a, a real honor to sort of be an additional group of participating in that. And I think at the Washington Square, there was a lot more opportunity for people to really interact, to visit with the human being activists, to read the words on the placards that tell a little bit about their lives and sometimes also how they were killed. Although I think we try primarily to focus on providing some details about the life more so than the circumstances in which they were killed. But it is important to acknowledge that this work is really also about honoring the dead and partially why we're doing so is because of the the impact of guns on the lives of trans transgender people how have you been connected so over the last year um how how has your involvement changed or grown how how would you describe who you were a year ago from last year's uh trans day remembrance to um that's such, a, that's such a great question. So I, so I lived in Baltimore uh, uh, until a couple of years ago, and I watched Gag uh, birthed here in New York from afar. And as a former Queer Nation ACT UP guy uh, living outside of the city, I would watch the photos and the video footage in my newsfeed of 
of, of gays against guns actions, uh, you know, at Pride and other places. And, and I would say out loud, you know, if I lived in New York, that's the activism that I would be doing. That's the the artfulness, the remembrance. Um, the stories being held, these are things that really speak to me and are uh, things that I connect to in an artful and, and actually spiritual way. And so when I moved back to New York uh, a couple of years ago, you know, I, I, I made a point to get myself to, uh, to gag. And the first time that I was a human being activist holding a placard veiled and silent uh, was at Transgender Day of Remembrance last year out by the Christopher Street Piers. And, and I carried transgender stories with me through a, a, a lot of the year afterwards. I think that, um, you know, I lived on Christopher Street uh, the summer that Marsh P. Johnson was killed. And I remember the small um, gatherings and marching and the attempts to sort of um, draw attention to her death that followed. And, you know, that work is still ongoing. Like the, the survival of transgender New Yorkers is still um, an important and vital uh, community responsibility. And, and so I stepped into the human beings work primarily through the observation and the honoring of transgender victims. How do you feel related to them? And have you seen uh, more interaction with other people because you, you are putting these out on social media as well? Yeah, so one of the things that I stepped into kind of in the, in the midwinter last year was to start moderating on our human being, GAG has a human beings page, uh, which is one of the places that we specifically um, share and honor and remember the, the, the people that have been killed by gun violence. So not just transgender victims, but, but all uh, different kinds of people in the US. And researching and sharing those stories uh, is tremendously uh, humbling, uh, emotional. I do my best to make sure that I am always approaching the victims with as much uh, honor and respect. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed over the course of the year is that sometimes some victims get negative attention because of the circumstances of their death. And I feel very much kind of mama bear-ish about them. So I won't, I won't tolerate on our, on our human beings page any uh, victim shaming or family shaming. Uh, and some stories catch attention uh, because the person is, uh, I don't know, sometimes relatable to a certain audience and other times because the circumstances are so um, horrific. Or... I knew you were going to say that. Unfortunately, yeah, it's not random gun violence victims that happen to be trans as we're dealing with trans people who are sought out to be murdered. Correct. And I, and I also think that, uh, you know, there are categories that, that Gays Against Guns knows are part of the, the gun epidemic, right? So children are you know, a big component of the lives that we share and, and honor They're, you know, through um, murder-suicide in their family or accidental gun death. Women primarily uh, you know, as, as victims of domestic violence, uh, again, a big component. Obviously the number one gun death in, in the United States is suicide, uh, primarily men, men taking their own lives by, um, by gun violence. 
But out of all of those categories, there's something, uh, I think that as, a, as an anti-gun violence organization with a rooted queer history, uh, one of the things that GAG has a real responsibility for is making sure that transgender lives are honored and shared and remembered in the way that, that our activism really speaks to. And I think that that's the mission that, that I felt very strongly about as we approached this year was to, to make sure that we were, um, that they were, that everybody was represented, right? And right. we did, that, that one person, one activist per person, 24 people all coming together uh, from their own personal backgrounds, their own reasons for being there to stand and hold space for a transgender person who's not with us anymore. Uh, some of which had been killed, you know, quite early in life. The other thing that I think is hard um, is the way that the intersectional violence, you know, particularly this year, uh, two of the stories we were holding, two of the names and family stories that we were sharing at Transgender Remembrance were both killed by police officers. So um, Tony McDade uh, was killed by a police officer and Jane Thompson as well, uh, both of which were circumstances that could have been uh, mediated differently than taking their lives with guns. Have you had to deal with anyone resp res uh, responding negatively to any of the HPs? Yeah, so I think it's interesting. I've had less of that experience in person, uh, but on the human beings page that we are often sort of uh, exposed to some of those kind of attacks. Uh, you know, every once in a while, someone will say, well, why aren't you, you know, honoring all of the people who were killed by drunk drivers? And, you know, and I, I often respond, well, that's a great example because activists who believe strongly in drunk driving protections and uh, worked hard to provide legal support and consequences to bring down the number of drunk driving deaths over, over a long series of years of activism. And one of the ways they did so was by sharing stories about the people whose lives were killed by drunk drivers. And I think that, um, you know, that whataboutism sometimes I think is, uh, is an easy escape. That sometimes people use as an excuse to not have to care about the lives that we're holding in, the, in this way, of, in this form is, is, is victim blaming. Uh, and looking to details of someone's past, uh, you know, either previous criminal criminal activity, uh, which is again often, you know, consequences that unfairly fall on certain kinds of people, right? So that again, that whole idea that you don't have to care about them because of their past uh, encounters with with law enforcement. Uh, is just a way of being able to sort of not not pay attention to how those you know that transgender people again to be specific are often you know targeted by law enforcement in ways that then also lead to harm. Uh, but I think that the other thing is is that as much as we can, we're going to tell all these stories in a fair way, which is this is this person's life that came to us because of the circumstances of their death. And as much as we can avoid commentary 
uh, and just hold that space for them, then the act of that artful activism is just about honoring lives and bringing uh, some space. I think, you know, one of the things that I'll, I'll say that as someone who moderates the human beings page, you know, obviously there are people who are the victim of random gun violence and, and, and viewers or audience members have a favorable expression of care uh, for someone who feels like it could have been them. Uh, I think one of the powers of being a gag activist is to bring that same quality to all of the stories, right? To say, you know, these are the patterns that we know as a result of holding space for these lives that were lost by guns. We know things as a result of, of paying attention. And then to help that be the way that we focus other people's learning to say, like we did on Friday night, here are 24 people standing where transgender people aren't anymore. And we're here tonight because it matters to us. And people would stop you and sort of say, what are you doing? Who are you? Like, what's going on here? Uh, and then take the time to walk down the rows of the silent people in vigil and read placards and, or take their phones out and you know, take photos and, and to have learned something about a name they probably might not have encountered in that same way. And maybe they'll spend, maybe they'll pay more attention in the future, right? They'll, they'll, one of the things, I'll, I'll, and this is a long-winded answer. No, everything's been great, so that's to, Already in a year, the way that the newspapers and media are reporting transgender deaths is different than 18 months ago, right? I, I see papers correcting initial misgendering more regularly. I see news media in states where you might not assume they were gonna be as generous for transgender victims uh, interviewing family members, getting uh, a, a wider sense. Uh, when I think back to the absence of that kind of visibility uh, for Marsha P. Johnson, who now, you know, you know, queer people around the world know, but in that moment of her death, um, even someone as who's had such an impactful life on so many at that time, in that period of New York, her death went un, unresearched and, 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 and people, lots of activisms, activists fought for years to have her, the cause of her death, re-looked at, reinvestigated. And um, I think that younger generation transgender people um, are having a, an impact on the way their stories are told and their lives are represented in ways that is actually a, is one of hope and one of, of, of trying to show joy and, and vibrancy and, and a world that is theirs in their own way that is, is hopeful for me or that I see as a sign of hope and progress. I wanna thank you for everything that you've done. You've certainly given it um, a life. I should give credit where credit is due. The inspiration for my work on that page can, comes from the AIDS Memorial uh, Facebook and Instagram pages. And I remember watching uh, that very, very powerful activism of remembrance and thinking, oh, you know, we could be, we could be remembering 
the victims of gun violence in a similar way. You know, there are people who we don't know, who've never seen a gaze against gun action in person, but who are sharing on their own uh, social media pages, like the AIDS Memorial page, stories that really speak to them and that they feel um, sadness for the loss of that person. And I, I think that that's one of the ways too that that message gets carried out, uh, that those lives become um, remembered or held by other people. Well, thank you, Sylvan. You've made my show. <laughs> <laughs> but if you had the opportunity to say something on the radio about gun violence prevention or your work with it, uh, what would be your last little soundbite? And then I'll talk to you before I end the show. Sure. One of the reasons that I commit to doing this work is because already 70,000 plus Americans have been killed by guns this year. And I never have to wait too long until and yet another story shows up that reminds me why this work is important. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Get involved by following us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Gag No Guns. On Instant Facebook, we're Gaze Against Guns New York. Like, share, tweet, watch, repost. Help us get the word out. And to find out more about having a fabulous time with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net. You can learn more about our gag chapters in located nationwide. We're everywhere from L.A. to D.C. to Chicago to P-Town. And you can learn how to create your own chapter. And the biggest way that you can support our show is become a WBAI buddy. We are a unique show. You can call to pledge 516-620-3602. You can donate online, www.give2wbai.org. You could send a check to Pacifica WBAI, 388 Atlantic Avenue, Brooklyn, 11217. But get out there, open up your wallet, and support us because you know you are an activist and you are part of community radio. And you especially know that when you give to WBAI and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. So thank you all. I want to thank Jay Walker and Michael Sylvan Robinson for their words and their work on the Trans Day of Remembrance. Also, to a special thanks to Sarah Jermaine Lilly for contributing to the show and helping me out. Um, I want to thank all of you for listening and supporting this show and WBAI. Uh, we have been off the air for a few weeks, but as we transition administrations, we will be following the upcoming changes in the GVP movement. On 17 November, Gays Against Guns, along with 70 other GVP groups, wrote the Biden-Harris administration to take on gun violence. And here's part of what we asked for. Identify gun violence prevention as a priority issue. Address gun violence as a public health crisis. Strengthen the background check system. Enhance oversight of the gun industry. Implement measures to end police violence. Implement measures to address domestic and international gun trafficking. Focus on firearm suicide. Ensure the safety of all students. 
and disarm white supremacists and protect peaceful protests and voting. We ended the letter with saying gun violence is a uniquely American problem. No other high-income nation loses people to gunfire at even close to the rate that we do. It is long past time for action to address this crisis. And the undersigned organizations stand ready to support the Biden-Harris administration and its efforts to implement these and other measures. And we will leave you with our fabulous political singing queer tech, Sing Out Louise. Please enjoy. Thank you. 